Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. Incredible. And uh, church, thank you so much for having me here tonight as well. It is an honor to meet you. My name is Layla Nahavandi, and I am on the team at LifePoint Church, as Pastor Jared mentioned, um, over in Adelaide, South Australia, um, under the leadership of Pastor Dave and Donna Hall. I don't know if you know Pastor Dave Hall, um, but I actually met him uh, when I was a teenager, and I was sitting in a conference, and I heard Pastor Dave speak, and uh, I just get got set on fire uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit. And at that time, you know, God did something incredible in my life. I was set on fire. I um, was so zealous for God that I ended up changing my um, email address to Pentecostal underscore epidemic at hotmail.com, right? Uh, got, got my iPad, um, my iPod um, engraved with the words, Acts 1-8, you shall receive power and uh, started a Christian group in my school. I uh, remember my, my um, heritage is Persian and Irish, and I started a Christian group called Detonate, because uh, I was like, the whole, yeah, yeah, you can see where this is going, hey, you can see where this is going. Um, yeah, so I was like, the Holy Spirit's about to blow this place up, you know, in Jesus' name. And so I got called into the principal's office uh, as a 16-year-old. And they were like, the, the principal was just like, oh, just wondering what this religious group is all about and what your intentions are. And it's like, okay, it's, it's all good. We just want to see people saved. So that was okay. But God set on fire uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit and um, really felt like God uh, spoke to me about moving to Adelaide. I was in Geelong at the time in Victoria. I spoke to me about going and serving under Pastor David Hall's leadership and he was only 26 at the time, became the senior pastor of our church and so I moved over and I've been on the team ever since for 14 years. Uh, so yes, yeah, so started when I was 12. So yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's a great blessing to be on the team there, and we just love your church and love what you guys are doing here. Um, my family got saved uh, in the early 90s, in 1995, over in New Zealand. So yeah, kia ora, bro. It's got some Kiwis over there. Um, so I am actually bilingual. I speak English, and I'm also fluent in sheep because uh, I grew up, grew up in New Zealand. And uh, so we got saved over in New Zealand. Um, as I mentioned before, my dad is Persian, my mum is Irish, and my mum grew up Catholic but actually converted to Islam to marry my dad. And so they um, got married in England. I was born in England. I was born into a Muslim family. And uh, yeah, someone's like, woohoo, Muslim over here? No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> you won't be for long. No, I'm just joking. Um, so born into a Muslim family and uh, we moved to New Zealand when I was two years old and so grew up in New Zealand and while we were living in New Zealand my auntie from Iran came to live with us in New Zealand and we didn't know at the time but she was actually schizophrenic and so yeah crazy so um, my <laughs> literally <laughs> and uh, 
So it was hectic at home. Uh, we didn't realize why that was. My mum just put it down to the cultural differences. So mum's just like, must be what the Persians are like. And uh, so, <laughs> so we didn't know what was going on at all. Uh, my dad was an academic. He's a professor of robotic engineering. So he was busy doing his engineering thing. My mum was at home with my brother, my sister and I, all five years old and, and younger. And my mum just had a total breakdown. She couldn't handle it anymore. And so she said to my dad, you got to get rid of this lady. you to got to get rid of my auntie. And uh, my dad was like, what can I do? I can't chuck her out on the street. And so my mum took my brother and my sister and I, and we moved into a women's and children's shelter in New Zealand. And we didn't know at the time, but um, there was a group of parents from the school where I was going to uh, that noticed what was going on in my family, and they knew us kids, and they knew our family. And so this group of parents, they were part of a life group at a church just like this one, and they committed to praying for my family. So they started to pray for my family and believe that God would show up in a real way in our lives and do something powerful. We also had a neighbor who was from the same Pentecostal church in New Zealand and she lived a couple of doors down from us and one day I remember my mum going to her house and visiting this lady and uh, this lady reached out to my mum and she said look I believe that Jesus loves you he has a plan for your life I know that you're in a mess right now but I believe that if you would give your life to Jesus that you'll never regret that decision and he can make something beautiful out of your life and mum just with tears streaming down her face was like yes I want to I want to believe in Jesus prayed a prayer um, with this lady um, and then proceeded to get baptized in uh, their bathtub, which is very unconventional. I don't really um, recommend that to you tonight. Um, but she got baptized, um, ended up um, moving back in with my dad. And so my dad was just so happy that we were back together um, that he decided to go along to this Pentecostal church with my mum and uh, still a Muslim, just like our friend down the front here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I know you're not a Muslim. Um, not that that's an insult, but um, so he was still a Muslim, but he was happy to go to, to church because he's like, I believe in Abraham and I believe in Moses and I believe Jesus is a prophet. So we were sitting in a church just like this and the preacher would get up and talk about um, people being healed and share testimonies just like Div did tonight and talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. And my dad, listening to this man talk and this, this preacher talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, was intrigued because he had never really heard about this Holy Spirit before. And so one night he's lying in bed. He's a scientist, robotic engineer, and he's lying in bed and he's like, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if this Holy Spirit is real, right? Yeah, so my dad, Muslim dad, he's lying in bed and, and he just says, Holy Spirit, if you're real, show me. And all of a sudden, he felt this wind rush from the tip of his head to the soles of his feet in his bed. And being a scientist, he was like, what a coincidence that that just happened, right? <laughs> Surely this can be explained. And uh, so didn't believe it, obviously. He went to check um, the windows and the curtains, and he goes over to the curtains, and he's like, ah, what's going on here? No, nah, nothing's open, goes back to bed. And just a couple of minutes later, he felt this rushing wind all over him again. And uh, again, he was like trying to figure it out, couldn't quite figure it out. Still like, is my mind playing tricks on me? I'm not sure what's going on here. 
And then one more time, he just felt the wind of God touch him. And he saw the wind just touch all the curtains and everything in the room. He knew that the windows were closed. And he heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, I just want to show you that this is real. I want to show you that I am real. And so, yeah, isn't that awesome? Let's give God praise for that. And so in that moment, my Muslim father decided to give his life to Jesus. He went along to, to the church again and told the pastor he wanted to get baptized, which if you know any people from a Muslim background, that is a huge deal. And so uh, my family has been Christian and been blessed to be in the house of God ever since. Anybody thankful for growing up in the house of God, for the church? So God is so good. And, and, and so I truly believe in the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus still saves. I believe that Jesus is still transforming hearts. I believe that Jesus is still setting people free. I believe that Jesus is still moving in the church today. I believe that Jesus is still doing something and he wants to do something in our hearts and lives tonight. And if you're in this room tonight uh, and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would just encourage you tonight to open up your heart and open up your mind to Jesus Christ because the power of the Holy Spirit can come in and show you that God is real in this place tonight. If you believe that, why don't you give God a shout of praise? Awesome, awesome. So if you have a Bible, could you turn with me please to Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says this, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13 to 16 says this, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country that they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. But instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one, and therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Global Heart, can we just bow in prayer just as we're coming around the word tonight? Father God, we just thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you. I know that my words and my opinions can't change that much, but God, your word spoken in, in an atmosphere of faith can change everything in just one moment of time. And so God, I ask that you would speak to every heart, speak to every mind. God, come and do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So this passage of scripture in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is written to a group of believers who were under intense persecution. This group of Jews uh, had come to know Jesus and they'd gone under some persecution before and they were going under the second round of persecution. It was one of the most horrible times in their life and they were thinking of going back to where they had come from. But the writer of the book to the Hebrews is saying, hey, don't go back to where you came from. I want to encourage you in who you are and where you are going. So it's written to them to remind them who they are, where they came from and where they're going. 
And this passage of Scripture sort of comes from Hebrews chapter 11. I don't know if you know of Hebrews chapter 11, but it's the hall of fame of faith in the Bible. The hall of fame of faith where the writer is going through all these different people and pointing out all these different people, Noah and Abraham and Moses and people who did great things for God. And at the end of this passage of Scripture, he stops for a moment and he pauses He says, one thing that every single one of these people of faith had in common was that they all knew that they were citizens of heaven. They knew that this earth was not their home, but they were citizens of heaven. They knew that they were on their way to heaven. They knew where they had come from and where they were going. And so they were able to live incredible lives of faith and to live by faith. Do you know what? The Bible says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if, if the enemy's been doing uh, two things in the body of Christ recently and through COVID, I believe that the two things the enemy has been trying to do is cause division in the church corporately and ch- cause confusion in the believer individually. Cause division in the church corporately and confusion in the believer individually. And when we know and when we hear that we are citizens of heaven and when we flesh out what that means to be a citizen of heaven, I believe that number one, it can unite us as a church corporately, the body of Christ corporately, and also it can ground us as a believer individually to not be confused and blown about by everything that is going on at the moment. So I would love tonight to look at what it means to be a citizen of heaven, a citizen of heaven. You know, usually when I meet people, um, two things uh, usually happen every time I meet, meet someone new for the first time. And uh, usually if they're over the age of about 40 years old, if I'm meeting them for the first time, uh, my name is Layla. So they'll start singing to me the Eric Clapton song, Layla. Um, and uh, so I don't know if anyone you've never met before has sung to you, um, but it's quite an awkward uh, little interaction that goes on every time you're trying to sing along, trying to, you know, have a little dance as they're singing. You don't know what to do. You're standing there awkwardly. Um, so they sing the song to me and then usually they sort of look at me and they look at my face and they know my name and my features and they just sort of go, so where are you from? Where are you from? You know, and usually that's quite a difficult uh, question for me to answer. I'm like, oh, I'm from Adelaide. They're like, no, you're not. Uh, I'm from Geelong. No, you're not. Okay. Uh, I'm from uh, England. And really, England? Um, my dad is Persian and my mum's Irish. Oh, okay, Persian. And we finally agree on where I'm from. What this, you know, it's like I passed the exam of where I'm from. Um, usually what they're saying when they look at me and, uh, and they observe me, they're saying, hey, there's something about the way that you talk and the way that you look and the name that you carry and everything about your features that's not typical of this place. And so therefore, I can tell that you actually must be from somewhere else. And church, I believe tonight that when we encounter people who don't know Jesus, when we're out in the world just living our lives, doing what God has called us to do, I believe that people should be going, hey, there's something about you. There's something about the name that you carry. There's something about the way that you talk, the peace that you have, the generosity that you show, the love that you have. There's something about you that's not typical of this world. There's something different about you because we are citizens of heaven. C.S. Lewis has this amazing quote that says, If I find in myself desires that nothing in this world can satisfy, I can only conclude that I was not made for this world. 
I was not made for this world. I am a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. What does a citizen of heaven look like? You know, citizens usually have uh, a number of characteristics and common features that unite them. But what unites us as citizens of heaven? The first thing that unites us as citizens of heaven is that citizens of heaven come from a royal family. Citizens of heaven come from a royal family. I don't know if you keep tabs on the British monarchy. Um, I do, evidently, because I'm born a British citizen. But uh, the British monarchy uh, includes little Prince George. And little Prince George over in England was born into the royal family in the year 2013. And experts tell us that if he simply outlives his father, his grandfather, and his great-grandmother then he will be the king of England one day. Little Prince George will be the king of England one day. Now, I don't know if I haven't researched this enough. Maybe you could tell me and teach me after. But I haven't known of anything that little Prince George has done to qualify him to become the king of England one day. I don't know if he's ever led his nation into battle against any other country. I don't know if he's ever uh, advised the prime minister of what he should do as a king. I don't know if he's got any qualifications that would enable him to be king one day. The only thing that enables little Prince George to be king and the only qualification that he needs is to be born into the royal family. He was born with the right bloodline. And I want to encourage you tonight. The Bible tells us that when we got saved, we were washed in the blood of Jesus. We received the bloodline of heaven running through our veins. The Bible says that we are saved, set free and redeemed, born into a royal family. The Bible tells us that we have a royal inheritance. Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Romans chapter 8 and verse 15 says this, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. So citizens of heaven, first and foremost, we come from a royal family, a royal bloodline. The second thing that we have as citizens of heaven is we carry the name of Jesus. We carry the name of Jesus. You know, people from certain countries carry similar names. You know, uh, Patrick O'Toole probably doesn't have the same heritage as Takashi Murakami, right? Uh, they're probably from different places. They probably come from different areas of the world. Why? Because people from particular places, citizens of particular countries, uh, have a different heritage and carry different names. As citizens of heaven, we carry the name of Jesus, the name that is above every other name, the name that is above sickness and disease, the name that is above poverty and lack, the name that is above everything that the enemy would try to throw at believers. Everything that we need is found in the name of Jesus. 
The Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse 13, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Everything that we need tonight as citizens of heaven is found in the name that we carry, the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. Next thing that we have as citizens of heaven is a common language. We have a new language that we have been given and our lives speak with a distinctive accent, right? So I wouldn't be from Pastor David Hall's church if I didn't mention speaking in tongues in church, right? And so uh, we have actually been given a language from heaven. If you haven't heard it before, um, nobody has to teach anyone this language. I didn't have to sit down with Pastor Dave or Pastor Jared. And he said, okay, Layla, hello is Rabababashi. And I was like, Rabababashi. No, the Holy Spirit downloads this language from heaven into our spirit. And so we get this new language that we are able to speak as citizens of heaven. And this language is our gateway into the supernatural things that God wants to do in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 4 says, a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for believers in harmony with God's own will. So when we get this language of heaven, it's not just a a random language to communicate with your secret Christian buddy, Ned Flanders, right? You're not there to to speak in in tongues together to have this secret language. No, uh, this, this language is a language for your spirit to communicate with God in heaven. The Bible says when you don't know what to pray, when you feel like you've reached the end of your rope, you can just start to pray out in tongues and God is gonna pray on your behalf. He's gonna intercede and pray the perfect will of God into your situation. The language of heaven, the Holy Spirit, he builds us up in the spirit. If you feel flat today, if you feel weak today, if you need strength today, all you have to do is start praying in the spirit and God will strengthen you. So we have this new language and our lives also speak with a distinctive accent. Now I mentioned before that my mum is Irish and uh, she actually has a very thick Irish accent. And so growing up in New, Ze- in, uh, yeah, New Zealand and, and Geelong, um, I would have friends that would come over to my house after school and they would come over to my house and we would be playing and mum would come in and she'd ask them if they wanted anything to eat and they're like, no thanks or yes please or whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, but they, said, they gave her a response to uh, her request for food and uh, so she would ask them what they want and then she would leave the room and my friend would turn to me, this happened on multiple occasions, and go, Layla, how do you understand a word your mum says? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, she has such a thick Irish accent. I'm like, what do you mean? My mum doesn't have an Irish accent. And I'd like yell out to mum, like, mum, do you have an Irish accent? And she's like, fiddly dee potatoes. I'm like, <laughs> She doesn't have an Irish accent. What are you talking about? (laughs) That's all we eat at home. Irish people only eat potatoes. Um, (laughs) The Muslims, again. (laughs) Again. No, I'm joking, joking. (laughs) 
So we were, I was going to say we were eating potatoes. We weren't eating potatoes at the time. Um, my mum was, was speaking in an Irish accent and I couldn't tell. I couldn't hear it because my mum just sounded like my mum. My dad just sounded like my dad. But when people came into our house, they could tell that there was something different about the way that she spoke. Do you know what? In the same way, when we're just around other believers, when we're at church, maybe uh, the language that we're speaking and maybe the sound that we're making, the sound of our lives sounds quite common. Maybe it feels common to see people step out in faith and receive a miracle. Maybe it feels common to see people healed and saved and restored and set free. Maybe it feels common to have the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. But I want to tell you, church, that as we go out into the world, this sound that is reverberating out of our lives is a sound that the world begins to notice. This sound of love, this sound of hope, this sound of joy, this sound of freedom is a a sound that is emanating out of our lives. It's an accent. It's an accent that our lives carry. We speak with the language of heaven and we carry the sound of heaven. You know, there are certain benefits that come with living in certain places, Uh, certain rights and privileges and liberties that people enjoy when they come from certain countries. We're very blessed to live in Australia. We have lots of privileges and liberties and rights. In America, they also have lots of rights. Uh, The Bill of Rights was introduced into the first United States Congress in the 1780s by the fourth president of the United States, James Madison, and it came into effect in 1791. And since then, it seems like to me that every US citizen has known their rights. From that day to this day, uh, every US citizen that I come into contact with or that I watch on Netflix in different shows as I'm observing Americans and the way that they live their lives, it seems that Americans know what their rights are, right? If anyone tries to encroach on the rights of an American, they're like, excuse me, excuse me, you cannot do that, all right? I have freedom of assembly and I am allowed to assemble with my friends right here. So excuse me, you better back off, all right? You better step away, you better walk off and you can go home now, all right? (laughs) Like you better back off, right? Because they know their rights, they know their privileges, they know their liberties and because they know their rights, they're not gonna let anyone else encroach upon their rights, right? When someone else tries to take their rights away from them, they're going to tell them to go away. They're going to tell them that they can't take those rights away from them. In the Bible in John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but Jesus has come that we might have life and life to the full. But it seems to me that as citizens of heaven and as Christians, sometimes when the enemy comes to try and steal, steal and kill and destroy, when the enemy comes to try and take away our rights as citizens of heaven, to come and try and take away the things that Jesus has purchased from us for us on the cross, the things that the Bible says that we can have in Christ as citizens of heaven. Sometimes as Christians, it seems to me that we can sort of step back. We can sort of go, oh, well, that must just be the way that it is. Or maybe I just have to live with that. Now, we sort of accept what the enemy is doing. We accept the fact that that privilege or that liberty or that right that Jesus has paid for is taken away. 
And I was thinking about this and thinking about how we live and how we let the enemy sort of take over sometimes. And I was wondering, hey, I wonder if, what it would be like if, as citizens of heaven, we were like the Americans. I wonder what it would be like if every Christian, as a citizen of heaven, knew the rights and the privileges and the liberties that they have in their identity in Christ. I wonder what that would look like. And so I sat down and I wrote down a Christian's Bill of Rights. And this is just scratching the surface, but I think it would go a little something like this. Maybe if the worship team could join me. I am God's possession, his child, his workmanship, his friend, temple, co-laborer, witness, soldier, ambassador, and building. I am able to do all things because Christ strengthens me. I am a minister and an instrument. I am his chosen, his beloved, his jewel, and his heritage. In Christ, I have been redeemed by blood, set free from sin, set free from Satan, set free from the kingdom of darkness. I have been chosen before the foundation of the world. I have been predestined to be like Jesus. I have been forgiven of all of my trespasses. I have been washed in the blood of Jesus. I have been given a sound mind. I have been given the Holy Spirit. I have been accepted into God's family. I have been justified freely by His grace. I have been given all things pertaining to life. I have been given great and precious promises. I have been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. I have authority over the enemy. I have access to God and His wisdom for free. In Christ, I am complete totally in Him, free forever from sin's power. I am sanctified. I am loved eternally. I am kept from falling and I am kept by His very power. I am not condemned. I am one with the Lord. I am on my way to heaven. I am quickened by His mighty power. I am seated in heavenly places. I am the head and not the tail. I am the light in the darkness, a candle in a dark place, a city set on a hill. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden with Christ in God, protected from the evil one. I am secure in Christ. I am set on a rock. I am more than a conqueror. I am born again. I am filled with His power. I am a victor. I am healed by His stripes, covered by His blood, sheltered by His wing, hidden in the secret place. I have access to the Father. I have a home in heaven. I have all things in Christ. I have a living hope and anchor for my soul. I have a hope sure and steadfast. I have authority to tread on serpents. I have power to witness. I can do all things in Him. I can find mercy. I can come boldly before His throne room. I can quench the fiery darts of the enemy. I can declare liberty to the captives. I can pray always. I can defeat and overcome the enemy. The only thing that I cannot do in Christ is to be separated from God, to perish or be lost, to be moved, to be taken out of my Father's hand, to be charged or condemned. I am a citizen of heaven and this is my status in Christ. Can we give God one shout of praise tonight? God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. God, we thank you for who you are tonight. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes in this room tonight? Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us. And special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others 
to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.